We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, but today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that. We're bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every Tuesday to be a part of that journey. What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! Went forward in time to view alternate futures, to see all the possible outcomes of the coming conflict. How many did you see? 14,605. How many did we win? Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Journey Into Comics, the podcast that's dedicated to everything nerd. With your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips, and introducing his new co-host, Tyler McLaughlin. You should have gone for the head. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey Into Comics. It's JIC 282. I am your host, Nate. Today, joining me back once again, the Gorilla Grodd of the Journey into Comics Podcast Network, because he's fucking your brains up with his mind, baby. Welcome back, Tyler. <laughs> I fucked uh, all the listeners up with my, my, my cackling laugh last week. <laughs> it was a great time last week, my friend. I, I, have, I have not laughed that hard in a very very long time the fact that uh tiny chinese cow or ca- tiny calloused hands of chinese children like that in itself is a tongue twister but that fucking card just about killed me oh yeah broke you it was absolutely hysterical i've actually listened back to that podcast a couple times now just to like catch there's some really funny subtle nuances of things that people said that i didn't catch because you know i'm partially deaf person and we were kind in the moment but like all in all man that whole day was so much fucking fun i cannot wait to do it again god like legitimately at one point i could not breathe because i was (laughs) laughing and i could not breathe and laugh at the same time and there was just there was this sickening like almost gurgle sound coming from me (laughs) That was that was me like right on right on the precipice of well this is it Rocky uh, I'm I'm going down and I'm not coming back from this one and uh, laughing more so I, I had a, a kick ass day had some good grub had a nice meeting we we needed that totally I cannot wait to host you guys again and do other different fun things. I'm like kind of pissed at myself because you guys left still not having played VR. I'm like, motherfuck. But uh, yeah, I really we really had a fun time hosting everybody. It was really cool to have everybody like here in one spot. Um, my hope is the next time we do any kind of a meeting, though, we can get Linder and, and the, the rest of the crew together to really have us all under one roof because I think that would be absolutely insane. I agree. Oh, man. So, uh, well, I mean, we had our crazy holiday bullshit week last week, so we haven't really covered a lot of news. There has been a lot of, like, stuff that's happened and whatnot. 
Um, but before that, man, what's good? Is there anything good in your world to report? Do we have anything we should tell our listeners or any updates or anything? I don't even know. Uh, just just stay on the lookout for us at C two E two. We're coming up in two weeks. Map, map, um, map. pretty like uber pumped for that like i have a miniature panic attack like every day because i feel like i've lost our three day our three day badges and they're like they're literally (laughs) sitting in front of me right now i've got them in my hand and i put them back in the same i put them back in the same same spot every time but like i get home and i'm like oh shit i hope i didn't lose those or throw them away you know or something dumb like that and then i look and they're still in the exact same spot so I will have a miniature panic attack every day until I cruise your way. Okay, so let me tell you something. What you're describing to me is something that can only be described from me to you as stoner anxiety syndrome, where you are certain you've fucked up and lost something very important to you, but you're definitely for sure you weren't dumb enough to do exactly what you're afraid that you've done. But see, it's weird because like I'm not a stoner. Uh, well, fact, correct. Like not not by not by choice, uh, I'll say that. But like, I'm I'm not, so I should have no excuse. But maybe, maybe I just toasted my brain so much back in the day that I've got that for the rest of my life now. I guess. Well, that well that and you've you've hung around me quite a bit, so I probably have rubbed off on you in probably a couple ways. Yeah, through uh, osmosis, through osmosis, my anxiety yes. multiplies. Dude, I'm telling you, I have massive anxiety like all over all kinds of weird, totally like benign shit, man. Me too. Like it's it's strange how I mean, uh, we're already off the rails on the show, which I love, but like it is strange to me how anxiety like for a long time I didn't think I really I actually I can confirm that aside from very 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 small pockets of specific moments that I can tell you I never really experienced anxiety. It wasn't until I got into like my mid to late twenties where I was like, "Oh, this is what anxiety is," and I'm not a fan. I basically woke up one day, um, like early twenties, and I was like, "You know what? I've I like I almost had like an out of body experience where I realized that I had been sitting on the couch for like three hours, like reading." Um, like medical documents and and like psychological evaluations and all kinds of stuff about like anxiety. And I had, you know, in movies when they do like those flashback sequences where somebody like relives, I don't know, like a decade worth of time in the past in like seconds. It's like you get triggered to the past and all the memories of things you didn't associate with anxiety rush back yep. to you. Yep, they they all and then they all fell into place and made sense and it's like, "Oh, this is you know, I like I know I'm depressed, but it's like wow, this explains this explains so much of the last 10 to 15 years of my life and like little things in my childhood that like not to go too deep off the rails, but like one of my things when I was like a like a early teenager, late, late kid, early teenager, you know, like I hated going to like Target or Walmart or like, um, shopping in general. Well, it it wasn't necessarily shopping in general. It was just like department stores. Totally. Okay. And like, I, I, I vividly remember on multiple occasions, like my aunt who I would go with a lot, she would say, all right, we're going to go to Target. And it's like, well, I don't want to go. Why don't you want to go? Well, that place makes me itch. 
And she would always be like, that's dumb. The, the store doesn't make you itch. And it's like, well, it's basically like almost an immuno response to the anxiety that you have. My body temperature elevates. My skin gets flush. Like my, my body is telling me from the inside out, like, hey, bro, don't fucking go there because it freaks us out. Yeah, so, and you're probably freaked out because of like large groups of crowds and like being in a place that's not really as familiar as like a a typical, you know, store. And it's weird for me like I've got so many like little like micro nuanced things. It's like the the crowds of people don't bother me. It's it's when like I don't have I don't have any control over my surroundings. So like this is a little bit of my anger issues, but like if I'm bebopping down an aisle and some fucking dude runs into me with his cart, like my first response is I want to take the cart, pick it up and smash that person to death with it, you know, because normally someone will run their cart into you and then not say, Oh, excuse me. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to bump into you. They just look at you like you were in their fucking way. So, so I, I, I have a very primal mentality sometimes like, I should smash you to death with this cart, and then you'll never run into anybody again. I, I've made the world a better place kind of thing, you know? Lesson so, learned, motherfucker. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously not like that anymore, or at least to that extent. But it's like all the times that, like, as a parent now, like, as Ruby gets older or, you know, future children grow... Um, like I, I will be cognizant or cognitive of that and be able to recognize, like, hey, my kid probably has anxiety, because all the people that surrounded me when I was a youth are like, ah, just fucking get over it, you know? Like they didn't understand what anxiety even was. It was nothing to that generation that raised us. No, no, like, okay, boomer, like I'll just fucking get over it. It's sunshine <laughs> and rainbows. Like it's all better now. I'm happy. Yay. Um, you know, and then, yeah, it's just. Um, anxiety sucks. It does suck. I'm going to tell a quick little aside that recently happened to me. That's a funny story. Um, I don't, I don't think I told anybody. I I know, I think this happened. Yeah. This would have happened after you guys were here. This would have been the Monday that JIC last week dropped. So we could go, um, Sarah had to get up super early in the morning and go work in the city. Mm -hmm. And I had kind of a free day. So I was like, uh, I, I, I guess I'm going to go down and, like, hang out with V for a little bit. She had a free day. And, uh, you know, maybe get some stuff done at her house. Her grandpa's not doing well. Like, he's not at the house anymore. He's in the hospital right now. And so there's, like, shifts and stuff. So I was getting ready to do that, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, cleaning the house up because I got up at, like, 6 when Sarah left. I just woke up. I was like, oh, I'm up. I'm going to start my day. So I had been, like, working on cleaning the house and shit, getting things done, finish the dishes, and I go to have a smoke and relax and just get myself right before I'm going to leave, like give myself like a half hour of brevity time and then and then and then and then get ready to roll. Mm-hmm. I smoke. And I hear a car door shut and I happen to be like a little fucking puppy dog. When I hear a door shut, I'm like, oh, who's here? And I run to the window and I look out the window and there's not one, not two, but three cop cars blocking our driveway. Okay. Interesting. Not in our driveway, on the street in front of my truck across the driveway. Okay. And they're like right out front of, like, like out 
at the road in front of my house just talking, and I don't know what they're talking about. And I, like, for some reason, massive panic attack. I was like, what did I do? Because I'm, like, just sitting here. I just had a little smoky. Like, I'm just like, did they do they know? Like, I just got, like, a weird wave of paranoia, and it triggered the worst panic attack. Jesus. And I was like, this is... I was like, this is dumb. They're not even they're not even near me. And then I literally watched them just bullshit with each other for like five minutes and left. And that was it. <laughs> Got all even, worked up for nothing. I totally did, dude, because in my mind, like it's it's the state we live in and it's, you know, there's there's a lot of little different factors in my in my own history of experiences with police officers and I just don't like them. I'm going to just be really frank with people. I don't really get down with cops. They scare me. They have way well, too much power. Well, you could just do... I mean, there, there, there's two things that I want to say here. The power that they have is the power that we give them. True. So, um, but on top of that, like, we could always just do, like, what I recommended last weekend, which is just, you know, drink a bottle of Kraken and then fight them. I mean that was that was the popular topic of the weekend, you know. You bring the cracking, I'll get to slapping. I'll, you bring the cracking, I'll bring the smacking. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, I need to make that into a T-shirt. Yeah, for you, like your own personal I mean, Tyler T. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't even know how like we got, we went down that rabbit hole, but like, I'm down for the cause. You know, I'll fight some cops, whatever. Like. I feel like this is something that must have happened at Three Floyds because you were on it as soon as you guys got here. Uh, yeah, and, like, and it was just really funny because I, I don't know, man. I, I honestly don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Too much fun, cannot compute. I mean, like, legitimately, like I hate playing cards against humanity because it's it's normally not fun. But, like, everything fell into place on Saturday to where, like, almost... There was, like, one or two black cards that we had that just didn't really, you know, didn't really flow well. And no one had good enough cards to make them funny. But every other card was like, I am going to die if I don't get oxygen. So... That fucking moment when Nick was trying to say firing a rifle in the air while balls deep in a squealing hog... (laughs) His, like, listen back. He is choking to death saying the word hog because he can't because he knows he's going to fucking laugh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. It was it was great. It was really, truly a great time. I'm glad we brought it back. So much so, and it, it was so much fun. Uh, we Now, I'm not spoiling exactly what it is, Tyler. This is me loosely conjecturing. I know you'll be able to pick up the dots. We have a couple events planned that are coming up down the road for the network. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I really genuinely think we need to do is a Dungeons with Dudes hosted Cards Against Humanity live game with the same cast it. we had. It would be fucking hilarious. Limit to an hour, literally, because that's all it was, was an hour show. And it was some, it was like one of the best games I've ever had. It was so fucking fun. Yeah, it was perfect. I, I I have never I have never played a game of uh, Cards Against Humanity that was that that was that fun. Well, I'm glad I'm glad to have contributed to the fun level. I mean, because because like especially with that game, it's like for a long time I've always wondered like why the fuck do people play this game? Because this is not fun. And like I, I don't know, it it was it was a blast. Can't say enough about it. I we think killed that- it. 
the spoiler for our group, we all, all eight of us that were in the room, all eight dudes, as it were, to correct my fuck up from last episode, uh, we're all on a, we're all comedically kind of like interlocked. We all kind of know each other's sense of humor, but we all also have our own really dark, funny, strange sense of humor that just locks in when we're together. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I've very rarely felt that with other people, but it, it is just like, and another thing is like when you're in, and I, and I, sorry to anybody who maybe doesn't understand what I'm saying, but like when we are all together, I feel like it's not even just, it's not even intentional, I guess the way I want to say it, but like the level of comedy and gamesmanship is so high that you have to just try to keep bringing the funniest shit out of yourself oh, yeah. when you say the most ridiculous stuff because you just want to see if you can get the other guys going. Well, I mean, I would say I'm probably uh, like towards the top. Like Nick and I are probably the two most competitive out of the group. Like Nick, Sarah, and I are probably yes. the, 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 yes. trife- the trifecta of competition there. I absolutely agree. Um. You and know, your Daryl Walk or whatever that fucking guy's name oh was. Oh my god! <laughs> the shit out of me, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh. The, the, like the Daryl. Like, there's so many times. Like, and, and Buckle said it. And, 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 don't get me wrong. I'm not tooting my own horn here, but like, <clears throat> I started doing like basically like my stand-up routine where it's like, okay, I'm gonna say all this dumb shit. Now I'm talking about like drinking, cracking, and fighting cops, and like. That's the way that it works in my head. Like, I get so much joy out of making other people laugh that once I start making people laugh, like my body craves it. It's almost like Brondo, and that's what it's it it's got what plants crave. It's fucking electrolytes, and you know the comedy for me is the electrolytes, and you guys are the plants. And that was that Look was a really that was a really bad joke. Idiocracy reference, but it was like amazing. God, at one point, Buckles, like, I had done the, the fucking Daryl walk for, like, the fourth or fifth time, and Buckles is like, dude, you need to do this more often and just go do stand-up comedy somewhere. I, I think I, it's don't, a lovely idea for you. I, I don't know if my fucking heart could handle it because, like, I'm doing the Daryl walk and shit, and I'm up on stage cackling, like, fighting for oxygen. I wouldn't be able to get my fucking routine <laughs> done because I'm Maybe, laughing though. as much as everybody else, you know? Yeah, but that's the good thing, especially if you like if you're in your funny and you know you're funny, like you just we'll have to talk about this off air because it's gonna spoil a whole bunch of shit we got planned. But like, you just gave me a lightning rod idea that I don't know if you're gonna appreciate or regret later. But like, bro, you are a muse of intelligence. Here, I'm just gonna I'm so needing to talk about it without spoiling it. I'm going to text you this, Roger. Okay. Uh, if I can spell, apparently I can't spell good. Slight, slight pause here, folks, for well, for, I mean, it, it, for, for an incognito message from the pod podfather himself. On a positive note, while you're typing, we are almost done with winter. Oh, dude, I'm stoked. We are we are beginning the second week, the second full week of February. On and uh, it, even though it's leap year and it's a lo- it's a the day the month is longer by a day it's still a short month and then and then we're one one short month away from springtime and i cannot wait 
And here comes the sun, doot and doo-doo. I just sent that to you. I, yep. Uh, yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the biggest of thumbs up. Okay, okay, yeah, I th- I think that'd be a really cool idea. Uh, I love that we just did that live on the podcast. Everybody else is like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" This what are they is talking weird. about? Or they're probably like, "Why the fuck are they doing this?" Just please talk about comics. I mean, I mean there's maybe. there's those people too. We can't forget about them. That just want us to get down to the skinny. I mean, we we do have some skinny today. We have lots of skinny today. We uh, we we may and and when I say may, I'm saying that we actually did debunk a comicbook.com theory, almost yeah, uh, almost full certainty. So you have that to look forward to. Damn, you almost made me want to just pull that one out right now. It's like let's such get a good after one. it. Uh, so okay. Yeah, we'll backdoor it this way. That'll that'll be clever. So, uh, initially, I saw this thing that was a, allegedly Venom Two started shooting film there for their movie, and it was a picture on the side of a bus. Everybody was like, "Oh, yes!" Officially, Spider-Man confirmed in the Venom verse. Like, we're gonna do it. We're gonna go there, folks. And the the side of the bus said, "Where is Spider-Man?" find out in the daily bugle which is very interesting wording in the daily bugle oh dude i just thought a fucking genius thought okay i'm about to debunk this even further so tyler and i were like prepping the show getting stuff run down together discussing having our thoughts and we were looking at the pictures and he was like actually dude this picture supposedly is from reshoots being done for Morbius, which is mm-hmm. even more curious, right? So they're doing reshoots on Morbius. Where is Spider-Man? Find out in the Daily Bugle. And then there's people are starting to go, but that Daily Bugle logo, that Daily Bugle logo isn't from what we saw at the end of Far From Home. That's the Daily Bugle logo from like way back, Spidey, like Tobey Maguire era Spider-Man. So I decided to look at the picture. Tyler was awesome, sent me the picture. Now, initially, Tyler, where where did you lie on this theory? Did you think, were you leaning towards what they are assuming, which is that it's really going to be Sam Raimi's universe tying to Morbius? <clears throat> or were you more hopeful that this was just a misrepresentation? So... If you go back a couple weeks, uh, you know, when I made my my return after my short work, work-induced work hiatus on the show, um, you know, I gushed over the Morbius trailer and how excited I am, um, you know, to see to see Jared Leto kind of come to, to fully embrace and come into his own with that role, you know, blah, blah, blah. Go back a couple weeks and listen to it if you want my full opinion. I... I, I, I I am incredibly excited um, for the Morbius movie. It's probably, and you know, if you go back six months into the show, you would have never heard me say this, but Morbius and Black Widow are probably like going into this summer, this fall, like probably the two movies that I'm most excited for um, as far as this genre of films. Um, 
Morbius looks kick-ass. And then when I saw that they were doing some reshoots, I'm doing my best to try and remove that negative connotation um, that we've talked about so much on this show with reshoots. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm digging through the article with a fine-tooth fi- comb, and I'm like, okay, if... Everything that they've said about this Morbius film is that it's going to be almost 100% standalone. Okay, uh, so we've got that, and then we watch the trailer, you know, and we see Adrian Toomes, we see the Vulture at the very end of that trailer, and it's a pretty long trailer, it's a juicy one. Oh, yeah. Um, And then, so, wait a minute. This is going to be standalone, yet Adrian Toomes is here, so, is this going to be pre-Spider-Man Homecoming, post-Spider-Man Homecoming? So, I, I started to kind of, you know, the wheel started to turn, so to speak. And then I read this article that said that apparently Morbius is going to be Sam Raimi's Spider-Verse. And it, it, it kind of, that theory kind of makes sense, especially with Sam Raimi... And the Doctor Strange stuff that's going on. So, you know, the wheels are still turning. Let's see Let's see what's going to happen. And then I read that Venom article, and they're talking about the same image. And Venom 2 just wrapped up shooting in L.A., and now they're going to go to London, or, you know, whichever way they did it, I can't remember, even though I just read the article. You know, anxiety brain, sorry. H- happens. Um, but, uh... So I I think that as interesting as it would be for the Morbius film to take place, you know, back in time essentially in the Sam Raimi Spider-Verse, as interesting as that would be and as unique is not the word that I want to use, but it would be a very, very interesting direction to go with a Marvel property to where you had, you know, with those first two Spider-Man movies, they laid the groundwork for something great. And and I love to- Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. So, um, other than Spider-Man 3, I will always defend those films uh, where, where they need defended anyway. Totally. So, I was actually, I was really, really enthusiastic about that theory fast forward to the 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 venom article and it's like okay wait a minute they even updated the article and said hey this picture is actually from the morbius reshoots and then you do some digging and then you brought up a very very interesting point to where even if it is the old daily bugle logo in um the current spider-verse we all we see is dailybugle.net we basically see his his standalone project his um, his his uh, fucking info wars type thing, you know. Uh, I like I really like how you you drew the uh, Alex Jones parallels, and I I love that's how it, that's how they've painted J. Joja Jameson in this universe, that he's this fucking crazy whack job and not the like super powerful like almost in control of New York in the you know the Spider Man animated series that we all watched as kids. Um, True. I mean, you remember watching that show, like, fucking old, old JJ's controlling the city. In like, a lot of ways, yeah. He's working with fucking, like, NASA and the military. 
and he creates fucking, uh, you know, Gargan with the scorpion, and it's like all this crazy shit's going down, and it's like, okay, I like the Alex Jones vibe because it's very, it's very relevant for, you know, modern day America. Conspiracy theorist, bro. I mean, it's yeah. perfect. <clears throat> so I think one of the things that was talked about, at least today specifically, is that if you recognize that that picture is actually from the set of Morbius, and then you you operate under the pretense that this Venom 2 is going to be a... Not necessarily a tie-in, but almost like a like an adjacent film for the current MCU and the, and the current Spider-Verse. It makes total sense yeah. because then it gives them creative freedom uh, basically to do whatever the fuck that they want. And right, it not, so and it not be weird. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. I do know what you mean. I have a couple thoughts on possible storyline not necessarily directly but just like in my head trying to piece this all together i think you're onto something when you say morbius is happening before homecoming or it's happening literally in the same window of time as homecoming mm, so that okay. you can bring tombs together you can bring morbius to uh, together with him and it can be like you know uh there's all kinds of reasons they can already have known each other in other parameters because, you know, Adrian Toomes seems to be like this kind of affluent good guy, every man in Homecoming. Mm -hmm. So what happens if the coverage of Vulture, the coverage of Morbius, and the way that he handles it <clears throat> is what gets J. Jonah Jameson fired from Daily Bugle? And then he goes out and buys DailyBugle.net. Because it's a yeah. total asshole move because nobody has .net. DailyBugle.com yeah. is probably their site. And then he gets to do all his conspiracy theories things, you know. And I like that maybe, a lot. Maybe they try to sue him for the name and this is, you know, he promises he's going to break the biggest story of his career and that's what's going to prove to them that they need to bring him back to the Daily Bugle because he's this really, he just misses the spotlight of being a good guy. He feels painted in a corner as a bad guy. Because mm -hmm. Alex Jones has that rap, too. He feels painted in a corner that he's an asshole. Um, and then that's when he breaks the Spider-Man story that's in A Far From Home. That makes total sense. So now you've got this kind of roller coaster ramping up. So now guess what also you have? In Venom 2, just to tie that into this as well, Tom Hardy's Venom seeing the reports of this Spider-Man guy. Seeing the video of how powerful he is, the crazy news that, oh my god, that was just a kid? the fucking symbiote starts working against Eddie and turning him darker and darker and darker. And that's actually what he will need to defeat Carnage, which is brilliant because Carnage is fucking crazy and you got to bring the dark side. Mm -hmm. But also, it's going to coincide with Parker showing up to help also defeat Carnage and the symbiote leaving and getting on Peter. Yeah, I dig that. For sure. Because then, then he can read. Go ahead. Especially because what I meant to get to before my brain stopped working was one of the theories is that that, um, that image of the where is Spider-Man on the bus um, is in reference to post 
J. Jonah Jameson outing um, Peter Parker as Spider-Man, and then basically Spider-Man going dark. He's he's off the radar. You know, he's obviously got Nick Fury and Shield and the remnants of Shield um, uh, to basically hide him. You know, he's he's basically in, in superhero witness protection. Like yes. get off, you know, and especially with Happy, how how much Happy is involved in in uh, Far From Home, um, he's probably on a fucking Quinjet somewhere with Happy, like totally under the radar, um, and I, I I like that, it's especially because you know your opinion of the Venom, the Sony Venom franchise aside, I think the picture that you painted. Between the Morbius, uh, Morbius stuff, possible Vulture tie-ins, and then Carnage and Venom, like that—that that would be a really, really interesting storyline. And if they improve on Venom one the way that they need to, uh, you know, they've got they've got another blockbuster there for sure. Well, and I think you have the right guy at the helm now with Andy Serkis being the dude. Oh yeah. Because, okay, so he did the Mowgli movie. I haven't seen it, but it gets rave reviews from every person that has. Dude, I'm telling you, you need to watch it. If you I, watched if you watched Disney's The Jungle Book at all, the live-action one that they did uh, four okay. or five years ago. Uh, I didn't, kinda, but okay. Well, it, it was kind of their warm-up for, uh, for Lion King. Because, um, you know, that's another Jon Favreau project, I'm pretty sure. That was basically his warm-up for you know, Disney's most popular movie ever in The Lion King. And Favreau killed it with The Jungle Book. And then I saw, and, and obviously I've talked about this a couple times on the show, but, you know, I saw Andy Serkis is also remaking The Jungle Book, but it's going to be called Mowgli. It's going to take some, uh, maybe a little bit darker tones. They're going to tweak the story a little bit, change some characters. And it was phenomenal. It blew, it blew the one John Favreau did out of the water, in my opinion. So you take that um, ability to get it. And, I mean, look at the movies Circus has worked on, the Lord of the Rings series. He was in Black Panther. He was in Age of Ultron. He's done voices for The Hobbit and other films and other live-action characters and whatnot. <clears throat> this huge career across all these different really successful franchises, giving him Venom 2 and saying, listen... We won't move until you greenlight the script. We're not going to do anything until you say it's going to be right because we trust, as we've seen with your other works, you can do anything. I totally mean, it's agree. Gonna, it's going to, it's going to, I mean, that movie has me really excited. I can't wait to see a Venom trailer. When do they say Venom is supposed to drop? Next year or this year? October 2nd of this year, I believe. Wow. Oh, shit. So soon. I, b- I believe it's October 2nd. Okay, I'm going to try to do some soul searching here on that, see what I come up with. Venom 2, yeah. 10-2 of 2020. Dead on the fucking nose, bro. So I may or may not forward. be really excited for it. I think I'm actually really excited for it, and I know you and I beefed, not really beefed, but we had a very, really, really, really positive, well-thought-out debate uh, back on Podcastrophe 66 and 66.5 there, where uh, you know we discussed Venom, the shortcomings I thought the movie had, your take on the film as well. And this is, a, this is an opportunity where it's really strange to me that the sequel 
has me fucking jacked up, and I wasn't really all that jazzed for the first one. Yeah. And well, and especially, like you said, with, with Andy Serkis' involvement, they have they have no room, or they have no direction to go but up. You know, if... if, if if what they if what we watch on uh, the or, or during the first week of October this year, if it is even remotely to the same or even remotely the same of, as the first movie, uh, as far as script, production value, CGI, the whole the whole shebang, you know, it'll still be a successful movie. But I would say the Venom franchise at that point is done. If they improve on it at all. You know they have they have laid the groundwork for the continuation of one of the most popular characters in Marvel. You know one of the most unique and interesting. Look at all the stuff that they've done, at least in comic books, with the symbiote organism. You know it's it's controlled heroes, it's controlled villains. You know here recently with the Maximum Carnage stuff, controlled uh, dinosaurs, uh, dinosaurs. It. it the Hulk suited up with a symbiote, you know? Um, there's lots of incredibly interesting things. Secret Wars, you know, the whole the whole Bannet, or uh, I'm sorry, the whole battle planet, uh, you know, the origins of the symbiotes and the fucking god that, that they worship. And, like, it, it gets really, really kind of, like, hokey and, and, and like, uh, weird at times. But... Especially with the draw of having fans of sci-fi kind of jump into the genre, um, I mean, it's kind of the perfect storm of, of of characters. Well, and think about this too, bro. They they have a perfect storm of a perfect storm because Venom, the first one, did really well at the box office, eight hundred million dollars. You now have the possibility that Tom Holland's going to be involved. People are going to want to see it. Correct. Andy Circus directing, people are going to be jazzed about it. I'm telling you, just across the board, they're going to make a billion dollars on Venom. Easy. Wow. That's a pretty bold statement, Cotton. Like, Venom 2, with everything they have outlined, especially if they have any, any at all MCU tie-in, I promise you it will make a billion dollars because it's, it's, it's ripe for the taking. They can also now... Give Venom the fucking Spidey symbol on his chest, dude, and people are gonna mark out. Yeah, yeah, you right, <laughs> you right. You, I'm, I'm telling you, man. So let me tell you something else. Here's a thing that's interesting. Scott Derrickson. Got fire red from uh, from Doctor Strange too, or he stepped down. Creative differences; they don't agree with the direction the movie's going. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the rumor mill starts to really fucking go off. We're getting the biggest push of the rumor mill is Sam Raimi to Doctor Strange too. Now, before I confirm or deny at this point, which I I'm pretty sure I know the actual truth is that it's been confirmed, but like. Listen, in in a quick synopsis form right now, Tyler, without knowing how you feel, because we didn't really discuss it before the show, I'll sell you why I think this is a good idea. You can either tell me if you agree or if you have a have a, have a different opinion and, and, and variation. Let's get into this. So, 
I agree. Here is my thought on Sam Raimi in Doctor Strange or as the director of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Okay. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness supposed to be supposedly probably going to be a more horror driven film, the darker side of Marvel. Who in the history of these horror films has done great horror that hinges on some comedy that takes away um I don't. They just gives you some different kind of heart that you can't really express, and that's Sam Raimi, right? And <clears throat> here's the thing, man: Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, Ash versus the Evil Dead. I mean, Army of Darkness. The whole fucking history of Sam Raimi. He okay. And this is another thing: Perfect Storm. Want to keep talking about Perfect Storms? Sam Raimi is coming off of the last superhero movie he did is considered one of the worst. Mm-hmm. for some of his directing choices, for some of his ideas that he thought were cool, for some of the studio's ideas they thought were good for the time. I'm looking at you, weird emo Parker dancing down the street scene. Total total redemption uh, story for him. I absolutely agree that it is a total redemption story for Sam Raimi. I think this is a chance for him to really shine, bring his darkness, bring creativity do I think we'll have a subtle Easter egg to his Spider-Man universe? Yes. Do I think they're going to bring it all back? No. I don't think that makes any goddamn sense at all. I think it's a good crux point. You know, maybe for a minute there's a Spider-Man universe that we get from Tobey Maguire and a little cameo that's cool. But at this point in time, at this age and stage in Tobey Maguire's career, it does not make a goddamn lick of sense for him to bring the suit back and, and, co- and go back to being Peter Parker. Let me ask you this. Sure. I read an article uh, a couple hours ago when I was on break that said, and this is confirmed, I'm pretty sure, that the original director of Doctor Strange uh, never, never, ever provided a draft or a script for a sequel. Like, ever. Hmm. So That's is, interesting. Is this perhaps maybe a publicity stunt by Disney and Marvel to have an excuse to bring Sam Raimi back into the fold and maybe perhaps oust the original candidate because... You know, he he wasn't the quarterback that they wanted leading the team the whole time anyway. Ruby, shush, please. Well, I honestly think that, you know, looking at it just from the lens of possibility, I don't think they would have wanted to sever ties with Scott Derrickson, and that's why he's still an executive producer on the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also they had done such work with him, having him in tandem working alongside of the people in Infinity War and in Endgame to ensure that every scene was strange, was true to that character. Mm-hmm. So I really think this is just a, a, a sense where maybe there was a couple things that Marvel really needs to see happen or really want to see happen, and his vision for that story just didn't it didn't hit them how they wanted it to, and they thought, okay, well, who's been knocking at our door for years? And this is a true story. Sam Raimi has been begging begging Marvel for several years now to give him something. So if this all 100% comes to fruition, it seems like that there have been reports that actually now call him Doctor Strange to director Sam Raimi, not yeah, just... Yeah, I, I read that a couple days ago. Rumored for. 
you know, th those kind of things make it seem like, okay, he's playing ball and it makes sense. He's wanted it for a while. I think Doctor Strange is a great property for him to play with, especially given his dark background and all the old school horror stuff he's done. This Do is an opportunity for him to hit a home run. Do you think that if I, I'm just going to say now that he is the the director for the sequel, um, and just skip past the conjecture and and rumor mill because I, I I like you said and like we've agreed, I think it makes total sense. Um, at least from Sam Raimi's standpoint, maybe not necessarily from the studio. Because I, I would still, in my mind, want the director that made that character successful in the first place, especially after I ga I made the investment of having him involved with the Infinity War team as much as they were, as you alluded to. So that part, if his vision for the character was a little bit different for the sequel than you would want, than Kevin Feige wanted, I think it wouldn't take a whole lot for Kevin Feige just to say, well... Why don't you take these things that we want, kind of work them up how you want, and then let's let's make it work for both of us instead of, well, you're not going to direct the movie anymore. We'll keep you on as executive producer, but this fucking guy who failed at the last movie that he made, we're going to have him do it. So I'm, I, I'm still a little bit on the fence about that. But what I was going to say is, do you think we'll see a little bit more of the like more of the cavalier like almost more Robert Downey Jr. Tony Stark Doctor Strange like almost like like 90s comic book era Doctor Strange do you think we're going to see some more of that in this sequel or do you think it's kind of going to be more of the same um cuz the Doctor Strange that we've gotten with with Bender 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 uh Smog Man Cumber Pickle Dick um it's not the same. Bender lick, itch and scratch. Yes, just all of them licking, licking stick, uh, plunger, plunger pop. <laughs> what? Uh, licking stick, plunger pop. Licking stick, plunger pop. Um, you know, uh, back and forth, badger bite. I I don't know. I just I like to throw different things out there. Um, oh, that's good. Sit and spin, uh, jellyfish cap. I like. I don't. I just. When people started doing that, I just make it even more obscure and ma not make sense. Like, what the hell is a sit and spin jellyfish cap? Like, no one knows. I don't know what it is. It's probably a thing. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm interested. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Not on the lick and stick, uh, jellyfish cap, but on. <laughs> how Doctor Strange is going to change as a character moving forward now with with the Multiverse of Madness. And, and you know for a fact that he is going to be involved at some point in these Disney Plus shows that we have coming up here. Well, my lick and sniff, plunger pop opinion, <laughs> uh, is actually, I think we're going to get a different tone of Doctor Strange because I think uh, this movie they're gonna they allegedly are bringing brother doom in or brother voodoo in mm -hmm. he, he's he's somebody who can unlock uh, the multiverse possibly or at least force strange to unlock the multiverse uh with his power uh that all being said this movie is going to be a lot of in the mind and honestly man just my opinion 
I think it's really possible we're going to see one of the alternate timelines in where the Avengers did not defeat Thanos. Okay. As one of the things that Strange gets shown. So much so that we're going to see evil Tony Stark. We're going to see Robert Downey Jr. make a cameo. We might actually see a couple other Avengers who are good make evil version cameos of themselves. What about versions where... Um because what I what I thought was really interesting is the possibility of seeing the alternate timelines that they created uh, from the events of Endgame, where uh, you know going back in time, taking those Infinity Stones, it creates an alternate timeline. As long as you put the the Infinity Stone back at that same time, then it goes away. But like, I'm sure, especially with like. You know, we're gonna get the 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 alternate version or the alternate timeline from where Loki escaped with the space stone, um, and all of that. But do you think we'll see any of those uh, alternate timelines, like as they're happening, not necessarily, you know, after they've been repaired and don't exist anymore, but maybe like we get a cameo of Steve Rogers when he's at the park playing with his kids kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, dude, yeah. Like, you could do really gross, dark stuff with those timelines and really Mm -hmm. hurt your Avenger characters without them even really being the thing you think they are. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to just go the the darkest timeline in my mind is, like, you say, what if you see Steve Rogers playing in the park with his kids? And my first thought is, and then Crossbones kills one of them. And you have to watch, like... Or his kids get snapped. Yeah, or... uh, Yes, something like that, where it's just like this... You see a different Steve Rogers go through the brutality of loss, Mm -hmm. uh, unlike what we saw in Infinity War and Endgame. Or Uh, where where Steve Rogers is actually the Winter Soldier instead of Bucky. I thought... I've always thought that that would be... You know, any any time that they've done that in media, I thought that was a really interesting take. Seeing seeing dark Captain America is never a comfortable. It, it's obviously engaging, and you know fans like me love it. But it's never it's never a comfortable experience, especially with the way that Chris Evans has portray, portrayed the character. You know his the Captain America that we've gotten, and and Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier, like they are, they are 100% opposite sides of the coin. They are so different, but they're so similar. Seeing those roles reverse, I think would be really interesting. Do you think we're going to see Mordo make his return? Yeah. I don't know if he'll be an afterthought after credit type thing, or he'll actually be the mechanism driving the whole boat, I guess. Okay. And that brother voodoo is just a smaller, a pawn. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. You know, one thing we haven't even discussed or dove into either is, you know, uh, Scarlet Witch's involvement in all mm-hmm. this. Because she's in the movie. So right. you asked about the, the you know, um, Disney Plus, will we see L- Lick and Snitch, Plumber, Plap, Flapadoo, <laughs> Magoo. Uh, <laughs> Flapadoo, Magoo. <laughs> Uh, will we see him in Disney Plus? I think so. I think we'll probably see him in the WandaVision show mm-hmm. as like kind of a precursor to that movie. It would. Like I, maybe I, th- I think just, it would. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
Go. Uh, no, no, go ahead. You no, first. No, you go. No, you go. Okay. So quickly, I was just going to say, I think that the after tag for the first season of WandaVision could totally be Strange showing up to the reality that Wanda has created and is like, this isn't real, none of this is real, and I need your help. What if, I Okay, so you went the exact same direction that I was going to go. What if in the Multiverse of Madness we see... WandaVision taking place before it's actually taken place. And that is what kicks uh, Wanda into like ultra grief mode. Like she sees a glimpse of her and Vision in like a 50s era, like mom, like, you know, breadwinner comes home, like, honey, I'm home kind of thing, you know, like we've seen from that little bit of WandaVision that we got here recently. Just got like, a little morsel. Just a little what, taste. What if that she latches on? She latches onto an idea like that so hard that that's what sends her down to the rabbit hole. In that, like, I really like that the the whole Wandavision show is is structured upon the stages of grief, and it. it I mean, what a unique take on the show, and I, I'm sure the show is going to be fucking bizarre and and uncomfortable, which. You know, what more can you ask for? But I think Scarlet Witch's involvement in uh, Doctor Strange sequel, however big it may be, I think we have to see at least the seeds of a lasting impression planted in that movie for for that character moving forward. Yeah, I agree. I, I need I need to look at the timeline because I'm I've, I'm my brain's all fucked up. So Falcon and Winter Soldier is this fall, mm, and then next yes, and then next summer or fall is Wandavision. I thought it was is, sooner than that. I thought it was. I thought we got Falcon and Winter Soldier this fall, and we got. WandaVision like quarter one of next year because so we also because we also get uh, season two of the Mandalorian this October right? Yes, they yeah. did confirm that, which is exciting, and they actually also said that they have plans for five seasons. Yes, so that's exciting in and of itself too that we're going to get five seasons of the Mandalorian. Big story, yes. big ideas, yeah, all about queen. it. Totally, totally queening out about it. Um. Now, to, to just touch on the timeline, the reason I ask that is because I think WandaVision is actually going to be what tees off and happens before Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, but I'm not sure where they fall in each other's timelines. That's why I was asking, because if, if Doctor Strange comes out first, then the theory of like Wanda seeing the possible universe that is WandaVision in that story would be fucking brilliant. It would be totally huge. Um, okay, I don't know so, how it works so, in the so other I've way. got I've got it pulled up right here. R and D like a motherfucker. Oh, uh, we were we were we were wrong, bro. Uh, Hard wrong. So the Falcon and Winter Soldier we get in August. Cool. Into that. Wandavision comes out December of this year. Wow! So soon. Loki is early 2021. Hawkeye is 2021. Miss Marvel is 2021. Moon Knight and She-Hulk are also 2021. And then I can't see when What If is supposed to drop in there somewhere. Uh, I feel what, like What If is going to be coming out soon. Okay, so we get Black Widow May 1st. 
We get Falcon and Winter Soldier in August. We get Eternals, Eternals November sixth. We get yeah. we get Shang Chi uh, February twelfth, tentatively. It's right around uh, Chinese New Year, actually. Yep, we get WandaVision spring of twenty twenty one. So uh, wait, that says spring of twenty twenty one, but I just read December. Hmm. Hold on, hold on. I'm I'm, I'm confused. He's just cross-referencing, folks. Uh, this is what you got to do yep, to make sure yep, you get yep, your yep. facts. Okay, WandaVision has a new premiere date. It'll drop on Disney Plus sometime in 2020. So that's December. So that was correct. Cool. So so we'll get WandaVision in December uh, of this year, and then Doctor in February. Shang-Chi in February. Doctor Strange is May 7th, tentatively, of 2021. And then immediately... And then in July, we get Spider-Man. Well, it also has spring of 2021 somewhere, uh, Loki, which spring starts before May. So those might be, we might get Loki right before Doctor Strange. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Or or maybe right after. I mean, because Doctor Strange is the beginning of May. Maybe we'll get Loki at the end of May. That might make a little bit more sense. There and then, go. and then, what if is sometime in summer twenty twenty one? Hawkeye is fall twenty one, and Thor: Love and Thunder is November fifth, tentatively of twenty of next year. Love boy, oying. So we've got a lot of stuff, and this doesn't even cover the other ones that I that I brought up: the She Hulk, Miss Marvel, and Moon Knight. Those are all spread out in twenty twenty one, sometime too. And on top of that, you're going to have another Star Wars series debuting, whether it's Obi-Wan, Cassian Endor, Correct. the unnamed one, whatever it ends up being, plus more Mandalorian. Dude, mm-hmm. Disney Plus, home run. Yeah, I mean, it's still it's still killing it. And I actually, mean, it looks like they are releasing the Marvel Future Avengers anime on Disney Plus. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And they have a release date for that. I'm going to click it real quick. Uh been more than a few years since they set out with future avengers it was a popular japanese anime it's now coming to disney plus it will be available for streaming starting friday february 28th wow that's soon hey tyler yeah that means we can watch that shit yeah after the show on friday as our wind down before we gear up for our crazy saturday before we wind down and then gear up for our crazy Sunday. It's going to be a busy one, my friend. Yeah, I dig it. I, I'm, I, I'm stoked pumped. as shit. Well, do you know who's not pumped? Harley Quinn. Yeah, Margot Robbie is gorgeous as she is. So here's what I understand. Before before we go any farther with with what we're about to say. Sure. Have you seen it yet? No. Okay, I have not either. I was going to try and go maybe this upcoming weekend. Same. Um, here's what I don't understand, okay? okay? I have I have a good more than a handful of people that are in my circle of of acquaintances okay. that I respect their opinion as far as the cinema goes very highly. And every single one of them has said that Birds of Prey is phenomenal. Okay. 
So I just wanted to lead off with that because I have sure. not seen it. They have. They tell me it's all great. And I am very confused on why Birds of Prey has is such a big box office flop that it's actually the estimated opening weekend is lower than Green Lanterns was. Yeah. Uh, well, what here, What is going on? You know, I think... Here's the real problem, bud. Let me tell you. I'll tell you exactly what's going on. You know when I realized this movie was coming out? Like, like when in time did you realize? No, no, no. Like when I realized, oh, shit, the movie's about to drop. Mm. I, I'm going to be seeing this in theaters probably soon. Mm-hmm. The fucking Super Bowl, bro. Oh. You can't wait to give me any advertising. I didn't even realize we were that close to it coming out. We had gotten a few trailers, though, and I had been seeing stuff about it on TV before but, the Super Bowl. But it wasn't enough to make me certain when it was coming out exactly. They didn't ever mm. drive it home. There hasn't That's been true. a lot of media coverage of it. It's been mostly quiet, like, honestly. Yeah. it's It hasn't been amazingly covered now here's the thing look at rotten tomatoes score and we've talked about the love and hate for rotten tomatoes people are fucking loving this movie people are cheering in the theater like standing up and applauding certain scenes in this movie that says something to me it's an all-girl cast which is a risk that Mm -hmm. also says something to me and i think and i hate to be like this but i just think that dc didn't do them justice marketing this to the right audience they were trying to hit hardcore DC fans and didn't really pull the girls and the women who would be interested in this story in. Yeah, right now, right now on Rotten Tomatoes with a total of a total count of 267, it's certified fresh at 80% and then with 4621 verified ratings, the audience score is 83%. That's huge, man. Remember, that, let me, okay. Remember when we went and saw Captain Marvel, and then we had the whole, just like we did with Star Wars, the whole Rotten Tomatoes controversy. You know, we had to, sure. we had to fucking d- discuss and and get pissed off about that all over again. That was another, like, female dominated cast. Yeah, like it. it they weren't all women, but the main character was the most of the supporting characters was blah blah blah. What the hell happened? Uh, I I to- I totally 100% expected to open this Rotten Tomatoes tab on my uh my laptop here and see, you know, 80 or 90% audience score with like a 45% critics consensus. Here's the critics consensus. I'm going to read it. Sure, with a f- please. with a with a fresh perspective, some new friends, and loads of fast-paced action, Birds of Prey captures the colorfully anarchic, yeah, anar anarchic, uh, spirit of Ro- Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn. Like that is fantastic. Yeah, but no one's going to see it, and that, I mean, it God, it pisses me off. I think this is um, <sighs> oh, this is. I feel like I'm about to like get some hate response from what i'm about to say i feel like this is kind of a sub response while people love it and people are stoked on it and people want to see it and people are like fuck yeah it's good 
there is large enough fan base. It's like I'm so sick of DC shitting on movies. I can't trust it. I'll wait. Yeah. And that's what's happening. People are going all wait. Here's my guess. Before we're super sullen that this does terribly in its opening weekend at 33.2 million in its opening three days, let's wait until next weekend. When next weekend's over, it's Valentine's Day weekend. Guys are going to try to get their girls to give them hand jobs in the theater. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is the movie they'll do it to. Yeah. Be probably this is a good one. This is an opportunity, though, for more people to go out in droves and be like, oh, well, now that I've heard that it's good and I've seen the critics are in agreement that it's good and the audience is shockingly in agreement that this movie is good, I have no excuse but to go see it. Right. And once that kind of starts to ramp up and more coverage and conversation, even the coverage and conversation of it having a low opening weekend is enough to drive more people to see it just to say, well, why isn't it doing good? It's, 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 it's a mystery. Okay. So yeah. I feel like we're, we just need to wait and see. Is this what they expected? No. Do I think this is like an utter failure from them and, and it's bad? No, because you did the one thing everybody's been fucking begging DC to do. You made the fans happy. That's all. That's the more important thing than the bottom line, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, especially... Um... You know, I would imagine of the 4,621 verified ratings that I talked about a minute ago, I would imagine there was a lot of carryover from Suicide Squad because of how... like Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn was... the Her and, and Will Smith's Deadshot were the, were the shining stars of that cast. You know, and especially... Uh, or not to, to forget Captain Boomerang because, I mean, Jay Courtney is fantastic. Um, like, <clears throat> basically, in my head, what Birds of Prey is, is what Suicide Squad should have been, and I think DC knows that, but how, like, do you, Suicide Squad got the hell market out of, marketed out of it, do you remember? Oh, yeah, I do, they, well, and to be fair, too, they were coming off of Justice League, there's all this, or coming off of uh, Batman v Superman. There's big mm-hmm. conjecture. Batfleck's going to be in the movie. Leto is Joker. Oh my God, they changed how Jared Leto looks. What the fuck's going on? You know, it had a huge marketing push, and and I've said it. I said it when I first watched it. The movie is kind of subpar because a lot of the Joker scenes aren't in there. It does leave some to be desired, but as mm-hmm. you nailed, one hundred percent, Harley Quinn as played by Margot Robbie. Deadshot, she, I mean, as played by it, Will man. Smith. They both slayed it. They made that movie good. So this movie not yet being successful with a very star-studded cast, Mary Elizabeth Winstead from Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, plus mm-hmm. uh, Margot Robbie, Rosie Perez from White Men Can't Jump, and many other amazing roles in Hollywood, like um, Pineapple Express as well. Uh I I I I think yeah I'm gonna go see this as soon as I can so I can really give a better, uh, more knowledgeable perspective to you guys because I think something doesn't add up here. Either fans are lying and saying it's good because they like Margot Robbie, they want to appease her, and it's bad, and that's just what's happening. I it just does that doesn't make sense though because then the critics would say that I'm I'm struggling. This is a great mystery to me. Yeah. Man. Boo. Bummer. Well, well, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Maybe some good will come out of this, and you and I will be able to see it and have a better better visual opinion and be able to uh, 
navigate our our fans to go see this movie because I, I I think it is something that I, people should check out. It does seem as an overall, you don't typically get this, especially in the modern nerd culture era where everybody's in agreement. The movie's good, so mm-hmm. if most everybody's in agreement. It's good. You know, maybe we got to filter through the couple bad reviews and read what they're saying to see if there's real some stake to that substance, but or substance to that stake. But you know, um, I don't really have anything else, bro. Do you got anything else you want to throw down before we rock out of here? I mean, like, make Star Wars good again. Keep um, making Star Wars good because Mandalorian was dope. Keep making Star Wars good. Um, Make more DC movies that are good, like this one supposedly is. Yeah. Uh, give us more cool original Marvel stories. Like not everything. Sonic the Hedgehog in theaters this Thursday. Dude, okay, uh, this I was gonna be like real, just real like meek about like all my my like requests for for Hollywood, but like this has got me amped up. We asked them to fix it. And they fixed it. And I swear to God, if you don't go see Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> I will hunt I will hunt every single one of you down and beat you to death with a gold ring. Like, go see it. We asked and they gave it to us. That has never happened. Ever. And it will never happen again if you don't. Correct. Oh, you said it for me. Exactly. If and we it, don't and it, as fans. And it looks like a good movie. It's yeah, fucking... apparently Jim Carrey's been doing some off the walls marketing and interviews. I mean, okay, so so let's let's hit pause on on like my my death threats for Sonic the Hedgehog, but like everybody th- just became a cop to Tyler. Yeah, this is this <laughs> this is a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Okay, it is not going to win Oscars. It is not going to win nope. Best Picture. It is going to be nope. a fun movie that you could possibly take your children to because I don't see a lot of adult themes. Like it's got a it's got a blue cartoon hedgehog that can run real fast, boys and girls, real fast. Let's go see it. Let's make fun of it. Let's have fun with it. Eat some popcorn. Drink a cherry Pepsi. Maybe get some nachos. Like just go see it. I don't like uh, if I say any more I'll be begging. Because like imagine this, imagine if the trailer that they gave us for episode 9, right? When Ray is jumping over yeah. the the tie silencer, you know, we gushed over it. It was incredible, blah 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 blah. We loved it. We ended up enjoying the movie. Still not the greatest movie at all in the world. I would have much rather had Trevor's script. I think we we can agree on that. Um more ambitious for sure. More yeah. Um, didn't didn't take the easy road as far as writing and and storytelling. I th- I think it would have been a lot more rewarding and worthwhile to have that script. But imagine that when we saw episode nine, like all of a sudden, one of the characters looked like a a carnival, like a carnival freak, like. And, I, and I'm not demeaning to to those people. I'm just saying, like, imagine the worst, the worst way that you can imagine a character, a fictional character, to look the way they should not look, and that's what Who they look like. Who is Danky Kang? Yeah. Yes. Or um, 
all of a sudden everyone is a fucking Gungan. Okay? Yes. Like, like we would have rioted in the streets, but if we would have said, hey, we, we will not see your movie if you don't change this, and they would have changed it, everyone would have rejoiced. But then if not everybody went and saw it, they would have been like, why the fuck do we appease you guys? Exactly. That was a lot of work. So this is, we, we are at the perfect opportunity to possibly steer Hollywood, not necessarily to to uh, to bow to our every every beck and call and our whims, but like if if there is something that the fan base inherently has a problem with, and they have time to fix it, fix maybe it. maybe after after all of us fucking see Sonic and it blows the box office up, just out of principle, maybe Hollywood will start to recognize that. There's sometimes that the writers and the directors and the producers that they pay don't have the best insight, and the people that are going to watch the movies are the ones that should have a part in it, you know? Or a say. However small that may be, just a little bit of a say. We need to have, like, a council of nerd culture. Yes. It's got to pass through, like, fucking Chris Hardwick and fucking Kevin Smith and... Fucking James Ryan Gunn. Reynolds, because James Gunn too, also as well. Yeah, Samuel you know, L. Jackson should be on there. Fuck it. Did you see that thing I sent you? Did With you watch the it? Purple lightsaber. Yeah, wasn't that cool as shit? Yeah, I dug it. Man, fucking love it. All right, well, Bud, do you got anything else? We tangented into that one. No, I'm 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 sorry uh, for the 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 carnival workers that I insulted because uh, that was not intentional. Um, but yeah, just, just be good people. Sorry for the, the annoying dog barking. It's okay. Is that Frank? That's Frank. Dank Frank the tank. Dank Frank the tank being a stank. God, Frank, stop existing. (laughs) For the love for the love of God and all that is holy, just go away and never come back. Shit. Fuck. He's not going to stop. All right, folks. Well, as always, you can check out Journey into Comics at journeyintocomics.com. Get us on the Journey into Comics network on Apple Music, Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, and many others. Just search Journey into Comics network. You can actually, now I think we mostly have most of the shows where you should be able to also search those on iTunes, even though it'll still direct you back to the Journey into Comics network. I've tried to be better about tagging things so people can find all the shows i don't think i have anything else to throw down this week ty we all good my friend we're good in the hood well if that's gonna pickle yep if that's gonna do it for this episode of journey into comics 282 lick and snitch bender smash (laughs) (laughs) it's probably not gonna be the name either folks just keep it i hope not uh, anyways, I've been Nate. I've been Tyler. And as always, folks, pop your caps back and fill your brains with shit. Later, guys. <laughs>